Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the Boom Team Podcast. I'm very excited for this to happen. Uh, This is something I've wanted to do for a while. I've always been interested in sports radio and that kind of genre and um, I've always just wanted to do that and I thought a podcast would be the best way for me to do it at home and give my thoughts. And yeah, uh, just to introduce myself, my name is Dakota. I'm 18. I just thought this would be a really good idea, uh, something to do. It's kind of a hobby on the side for right now. And yeah, let's just get into what we want to talk about on this first episode of the Boom Team podcast. Our first topic is going to be the coach of the year candidates, especially the uh, the final four. Um, who, What I think about these, uh, these candidates and if they really deserve to be up there. I think all four of them really do, but I think there were definitely some other coaches that were missed um, that really should have maybe got more recognition than they did. But uh, the first one we'll get into, uh, we'll get into Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a veteran coach for the Chiefs. Everybody knows who Andy Reid is, and there's so many good memes about him out there. And he's just, he's a great coach uh, from everything that I've seen on on TV. Uh, he just, the guy really knows what he's talking about. He really knows the game of football, and he... Obviously, he's uh, went went to a Super Bowl already for a little stutter there. Uh, he's already went to a Super Bowl before. He ended up losing to the Patriots, and he he's that coach that you know everybody like they he doesn't coach everybody's team, but everybody wants to see him win. Uh, he always ends up coming up short against the Patriots, and usually in the AFC Championship. But this year, uh, for the second time in his career, he's finally made it to the Super Bowl again. And I don't think there's another more deserving coach in the NFL right now. Maybe maybe like Ron Rivera, but he's already been to one. But um, Andy Reid, you know, missed his chance with the Eagles uh, to lose to the Patriots. Seems like I say that all the time whenever I'm talking about the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, and this, this is going to be a tough one to talk about because uh, Andy Reid is, like I said, he's just so deserving. But I don't know if he's going to do it because Andy Reid also has a history of when the big moments come up he doesn't always uh, execute as a coach you know and he has all the talent in the world right now and I think um, to take a Chiefs team that at one point was seven and four this season they ended up uh, losing to the Titans you know when the Titans weren't that great and I was looking at the schedule and the box numbers and it's just it's insane. The Titans really outplayed the Chiefs that day, and at the time, the Titans weren't that team to beat. And uh, the Chiefs also almost at one point ended up losing the division to the Raiders. And the Raiders, as we all know, they were just super up and down. But Andy Reid really has done a good job to take the talent that he's been given and not blow it. Um, he Because there are some coaches out there who can definitely just have all the talent in the world in a case like uh, like Jason Garrett. He can have everything at the like at his fingertips and just can't do anything with it. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, defensive end for the Cowboys, actually said he's um, you can't or talent can only take you so far. Coaching has to bring you the rest of the way, and I think Andy Reid has definitely done that. Um, you know, they obviously came up short in a heartbreaking overtime loss to the Patriots in the AFC Championship last year, but. Uh, they, they've just done a great job, especially after, I, I know myself early in the season, I didn't think that they were going to, you know, be as good as they were, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, they've just really taken that, uh, that mantle on the team and really have brought their team to where they should be. You know, there, there should have been never any doubt as to 
um, whether or not they were going to do well this season. And I think Andy Reid definitely deserves to be up here just because of that. The guy's just been he every single year. He's always right there, but he can't he can't make it. So, and I think definitely for for me, the fact that they're there and there was so much doubt at one point as to whether or not they'd even you know get there or if they'd win the division, um, shows that you know he can lead a team and he can bring his team to the big games. Now he's just got to execute, and he executed against the uh, the Titans, but. But we have to see how he does against the the monster of a 49ers team. Uh, the next coach on our list is Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is one of the veteran coaches of the NFL. He's won a Super Bowl. He uh, almost won a second one if it wasn't for an iconic Super Bowl play by uh, a man of the name Malcolm Butler. <laughs> I'm not a big Patriots fan, if you can't tell. But Pete Carroll, I think, definitely deserves to be up here, especially in the top four. I don't know if he'll win Coach of the Year just because there are so many other uh, candidates who are really they've just done so much with their teams this year I think was a really great year for coaches um, but Pete Carroll took a, a Seahawks team with Russell Wilson that was very injured very injured and they made the playoffs and even won a game you know it took the the Green Bay Packers who had one of the best records in the NFL uh, to beat them and it was a very controversial game for the Seahawks so I think the fact that with how injured they were and how much doubt there was surround them or surrounding them, I think it really just shows that they have what it takes, and especially Pete Carroll has what it takes to take a team and to really take them to the promised land. And um, he's just definitely he he definitely deserves a spot up here. Next on the list is Kyle Shanahan, but I'm gonna save him for last. Um, we're gonna talk about John Harbaugh. He's just. Uh, He's a very veteran coach in the NFL. He's uh, he's just seasoned. He's won a Super Bowl before. His he always is a part of the uh, the Ravens teams that end up going deep. You know, Joe Flacco and him had a great couple of years together. Um, and he's just he's a very good coach. He's a very intelligent coach. Uh, both the Harbaugh's are. He's just just a little bit more calm than his brother Jim, because <laughs> we all know Jim really likes to get into it. But John is just uh, he took a Ravens team that was unbelievably talented. Um, and, you know, they, they, I think they definitely disappointed most of the, not even just the Ravens fans, but the entire NFL. You know, I think everybody was pretty excited about the Ravens when they, uh, they beat the Patriots at home and they, in pretty, you know, dominant fashion. Like everybody just kind of saw during the game, they could just feel that the Ravens had the upper hand that day. And with how, I mean, they beat the 49ers, it was by a field goal, but they still did it. Uh, they beat a lot of the major teams in the NFL and they even, you know, embarrassed other teams like the uh, the Rams that went to the Super Bowl just the year before. You know, the Rams were very lackluster this year, but, you know, they just absolutely embarrassed them. So I think it's – I think John Harbaugh definitely was – he took – what he did with his talent was uh, very memorable and noticeable, but I think, you know, there are just other coaches that took just uh, terrible, terrible, terrible uh, either rosters or just situations and made the most of them. Uh and we'll get into that in a minute about the uh, the other coaches that feel should have uh, made the the cut. But there's just there's just so many this year. They were all they were all really good, and just all these coaches took some great situations and some very bad situations, and just made the most of them. And uh, we'll get into that. But John Harbaugh, uh, I think with the talent that he had, I think you can almost take take the uh, the coaching aspect away from him you know again he's a very great coach he's done a lot of great things but you know when you have an MVP candidate like Lamar Jackson you know have an all-pro running back and Mark Ingram I mean when you have three Heisman winners 
on your roster on the offense. You know, you you got it pretty good. You have you know veteran uh, defense or safety Earl Thomas. You know, you have just a ton of assets and one of the one of the best uh, two way players on your team. And that uh, Ricard guy, I can't remember what his first name is, but you know, it's just. He just had a lot of talent, and I think that um, other coaches that maybe didn't have all that, uh, all the bells and whistles like he did, I think uh, probably should have been put on the, on the upper area of the list. And uh, last, and I really hope this guy wins Coach of the Year, just because I don't, I don't know about any other coach. Maybe Mike Vrabel that did better than this guy this year was um, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan took a 49ers team that went two and 14 the year before. And now they're headed to the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see very many coaches doing that. He, uh, you know, he has a lot of great talent on his team. But the, what I like about Kyle Shanahan and the Niners is that they don't have, you know, like superstar names. I think George Kittle was the only one that, and he was still in the uprise, that um, was like really like, oh, wow, you know, that guy's on this team. Because, I mean, nobody knew who Debo Samuel was last year, Raheem Mostar. Like, nobody knew who those guys were last year. You know, uh, everybody was skeptical about Jimmy Garoppolo, especially after he got hurt, if he was going to be, you know, anything to where he learned to be a quarterback like Brady and uh, Belichick and where he learned from. But, you know, and I think Emmanuel Sanders was the other, you know, big name on that team. But, you know, just with how dominant they've been this year and how, uh, like, fluid they've been when they win this year, it's just, it's really, it's something, it, it's something to look at and just kind of watch. Like, it's almost like you can't be mad that they're doing well they just like Kittle's just one of the nicest guys ever and they all they're just all they're just very good and I think Shanahan has a lot to do with that I think they all gel very well and it, it just takes it takes that one person to make an entire team gel super well you know I've been on sports teams that have been that way before like uh you know I had a lacrosse team that went four and ten one year barely made the playoffs we were out in the first round then the next year one guy joins our team and we lose one game all season and go to the go to the state championship. You know, it just takes that one person, that one leader, to to really bring everybody together. And I think Shanahan really took that role and just led the Niners straight to the Super Bowl. I think because um, they they play a very team game. You know, there are some teams that really rely on one person to get the job done, but I think the Niners really rely on everybody to pick up their uh, to pick up the slack. And I think they all do. I think they're all very talented. I think they all. They, it kind of reminds me of like a like a 2015 Patriots you know like they don't they don't have a ton of superstar names besides like Tom Brady and Julian Edelman you know nobody when Chris Hogan was around you know nobody was like oh my god Chris Hogan no way you know he was he was a lacrosse player you know he didn't play much football oh and Gronkowski was on that roster but I mean you know they're just kind of like the Patriots they don't have a ton of big names but everybody does their part and does their job and they just get it done and that's what I really like about it I think Shanahan you know, taking a team from 2-14 and 14 to the Super Bowl, I think that's really, I don't know if it can get any better than that of uh, of Coach of the Year. All right, I got three other guys on here that I actually think should have probably made the list above some others, um, just because they did some some pretty, almost like, almost amazing, you know? Like, they didn't quite get the achievement that everybody thought they were going to, but they were very, very, very close. Um, the first one I'm going to put uh, is uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, again, the Eagles were terrible this year, and the, I think the reason why I'd put Doug Peterson like super low is because he, um, 
the the NFC East was garbage this year. You know, the Cowboys and the Eagles were supposed to be the only two decent teams that came out of there, and they were both very, very, very bad this year. The Eagles were lucky to make to win the division, and the Cowboys were terrible to let that division go. It was just, it was terrible that division. I can't even get over it. But I think um, Doug Peterson, with uh, the injuries that the Eagles suffered this year, um, I think it took a lot of you know when it, when your team suffers from injuries, you know. You have to really look to, towards your head coach to make your team better. And uh, I think Doug Peterson definitely did that. And ever since he's gotten there with the Eagles, I think it was, I think this is his fourth year now as a head coach. And, you know, they've already won a Super Bowl with him. So, you know, you got something with this guy. And he's just – he's done a very good job with this Eagles team. And I hate it because I'm a Cowboys fan and I hate playing against Doug Peterson because it's either a very close game or it's not close at all. And I, I don't like that. <laughs> Um, next up on the list is going to be Mike Tomlin. Uh, and a lot of people, th- this one's going to maybe be controversial. Mike Tomlin, okay, listen. So they started out 0-3, the Steelers did. They had no Big Ben. He was hurt. A.B. went off the rails mentally. And uh, Le'Veon Bell not only sat out uh, almost the entire season before, but uh, then ended up going to a different team. And they still, and everybody was looking at Mike Tomlin like, what the hell, you know, like, you know, do something with this. And everybody wanted his job taken away. And Mike Tomlin answered the call and he took a Steelers team with no real leaders and got Micah Fitzpatrick, who was a great defensive player this year. Their def- the Steelers defense was pretty, pretty on par. I'm pretty sure they led the league in turnovers. I'll actually have to check that, but they took that team. Okay. And then almost made the playoffs. Okay. So here, let me look this up. 2019, Turnover leader, NFL. Um, but yeah, they almost made the playoffs, and I think the fact that you can do that just just shows how good they were. You know, they they just had all the ability in the world. Okay, so I was very wrong about them leading the league in turnovers. Uh, what what place were they though? Now they are down here. Jesus Christ. No, where are they? Yeah, so so they're number seven this year. Okay, they're number seven right behind the uh, the Ravens, who had a very good defense. Minnesota, who always does. Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans, and New England. Still, with the terrible team that he had, that defense was still good. When you have a top ten defense, I mean, what are you what are you supposed to do? You know, you can't you can't argue that. But I think um, with the team that he had, in Mike Tomlin had to really take the rail and just kind of be like, all right, we're going. You know, and I think he, I, I love that he answered the call of um, everybody wanting his job and said, like, hey, I can get this done. You know, I've, I've won a Super Bowl with this team. You know, I can get it done. And I just, I love the story of how he, everybody wanted his job. Everybody was like, nah, get him out of there. We need a new guy. And he still took a team and nearly made the playoffs. And, you know, you know, everybody can say, well, you know, they nearly did it, but didn't do it. You know, you got to look at the roster. I think that's a lot of, I think that's, to me, what makes a really good coach is the roster, okay? If you can take a bad roster and go far with it or almost go far, you know, that that just has to a point to the coaching, you know? you can It's just like everybody makes the New England Patriots the example. is because they do. Bill Belichick takes, you know, subpar players and then makes them into superstars, you know? that's And everybody's saying he's one of the best, if not the best, ever. So I just don't. I, that's just for me. I just think, you know, if you take a bad roster and you make it good, that, that really just shows how good of a coach you are. My um, One of my last guys on here, I have two left, is 
Mike Vrabel, uh, especially towards the end of the season when Derrick Henry kind of flew on. I think that was uh, also kind of right off for everybody was how Mike Vrabel just took off, you know, or not Mike Vrabel, sorry. Uh, Derrick Henry just took off, you know, became an absolute monster, you know, had 180 yards in three games straight. And then unfortunately, because I think, every, and I say unfortunately, because I think everybody loved the, the underdog Titan story of, uh, but he, you know, he took three games, had 180 yards each, and then the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs defense stepped up. And I'll, I'll comment on the Chiefs defense in a little bit. But I think Vrabel took, did a very good job of taking, uh, taking a team and, I, uh, and making them very good. I think what I like about Vrabel the most, and I saw it on, uh, on Instagram the other day, is that Vrabel's players like him a lot because he is one of them, you know. Uh, which he is, you know, he it, he it hasn't been that long since he played. I think it's been like ten years or something like that, or not ten years, but you know, he he hasn't played in a while, but he he understands them, he gets them, and I, you know, they showed videos of him holding a shield and you know being in the drills with his players. He's that on hand, and I think if you can connect with players like that, and then take your team to the AFC Championship, okay? I'm pretty sure they were the last AFC team to make the playoffs. They were not supposed to, and then. They just they go and they win. They just won it. They got all the way to the AFC Championship. They beat the New England Patriots with Brady and Belichick, the 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 historical duo. Which you know you can say Brady and Belichick didn't do do that well this season, but it doesn't matter. It's still Bill, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. That that's six Super Bowls you're fighting against, and you know they had the best defense in the league in turnover percentage. You know it's just like. How how do you how do you argue that? And then you take for the fourteen and two Ravens at at the Ravens and at New England. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was at New England. You know, you beat both of these teams in their home stadium. Okay, you you beat them there. How do you like? How do you do that? You know, the defense was very good. You know, Derrick Henry just popped off, and I think a lot of it just took Mike Mike Vrabel of taking uh, really gelling the whole culture of the Tennessee Titans. And I just really liked Mike Vrabel a lot. He was a great story. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was also uh, a great uh, asset to the Titans team. But uh, we'll talk about him later when we get to the uh, to the other NFL honors. Um, and another one I wanted to talk about was uh, Sean McDermott. Uh, I'm not a Bills guy, but anybody who can beat the Patriots, you know, I respect that. <laughs> and they didn't beat the Patriots, but they gave him a hell of a they gave him a hell of a, a ride. And I really liked that because it was finally, you know, there was always the, the thing like, oh, the Patriots are the best. And they were one of the best teams. But, you know, their division is terrible. Miami and, and, uh, and New York were considered two of the worst teams, if not the two worst teams in the NFL. You know, and then you have the Bills who were okay for a while, but then this year finally took that extra step and made the playoffs. And, you know, and there was a chance where they could have won the division at one point. And you don't take the Patriots' division. You know, you just don't do that. <laughs> and the, the Bills almost did. And, um, you know, with Josh Allen getting con considerably better throughout the year and the offense producing a lot more, you know, uh, you make those strides by, by your coaching. And Sean McDermott, uh, he's, he's just very, he's very knowledgeable. He's a very smart guy. And he, I think he'll be around for a while with the Bills. And he just, he did a great job this year. He really did. Um, there's not, there's too much to say about him. Uh, who else do I got on here? No, you know, Sean Payton's on this list, but you know, Sean Payton's just a, he's a, 
he's an insane coach. He's just so good. But they just get the Saints get screwed over every single year. And I want to get into that. Uh, the, you know, the Saints getting screwed over and terrible calls and stuff like that in another episode. But right now we're doing the NFL honors this year or this this year this episode. <laughs> um, and next let's get into the comeback player of the year. And I'm only gonna do a couple of these. I'm not gonna go into a bunch of coaches this year. I'm only gonna do a couple of the uh, the NFL honors. I think I'm gonna do three. Um, and I'll do my third uh, to start. I think Earl Thomas would probably be my my third place on the comeback player of the year. He uh, he he did such a great job, especially going to the Ravens and um, in a new culture, a new era, and just absolutely you know making his case. You know, not showing just like Richard Sherman this year, just showing that you know they're not done just because the uh, the Legion of Boom is disbanded and you know some of them have retired. And some like you know, but they're still around. Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas are still around. You know, they they have the the like don't forget about me mentality. And I I know I for sure didn't. You know, when we were uh, I was with my dad, and we were talking about the Ravens Patriots game, and I was like, Dad, you know, Earl Thomas is gonna pick off Brady at least twice. Or no, no, I said the Patriots are gonna turn it over twice, and Earl Thomas is gonna pick off Brady. And I lost the bet because I said that um they would throw two interceptions, not just to Earl Thomas, but I said Earl Thomas would pick him off, and Earl Thomas picked him off. And I just really like uh, the fact that Earl Thomas can still, still, still say that he's one of the best. He's one of the veterans, and he's just he's here, and he'll be here for a long time. Um, I have two 49ers players to talk about. I'm going to do four people instead of three. Why not? We're going crazy this episode. <laughs> um, uh, my first one's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, after getting hurt... I, I know I didn't know if Garoppolo was going to do anything. Uh, he just, he, it, it was weird because I'll, I've noticed a trend is that a lot of people that follow or that, that um, are trained by Belichick or Brady, you know, if they study under Brady and, you know, they're coached by Belichick and then they go do their own thing, they're usually busts. They usually are. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's done okay. I don't know if he's the, 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 all, all like all the time quarterback that you want. I don't know what like the starting quarterback that you want. He did okay, but you know you got to see some improvement from him if you want to keep him around. Especially the Colts just got screwed by by Andrew Luck retiring, but you know so it, it is what it is. But um, I've also noticed like uh, Matt Patricia, you know, is not a great head coach, and uh, there's just not a lot of great followings from. Uh, from Brady and Belichick, you know, just you can study under them, under them, and you can do well in the Patriots system, but you know, there's just not a great track record. But Jimmy Garoppolo has completely turned that around this year. He he is not like the 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 quarterback that's he he is not the reason that the Niners are in the Super Bowl, but he he's definitely a part of it. He uh he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He is uh, he does throw quite a few interceptions, but he just. He doesn't make mistakes in key moments, I feel. I don't know. I just I like Jimmy G. He's a solid quarterback. And the Niners have done very well this year, and I think he's been a great leader for them. And, yeah, there's just there's there's not enough to say about Jimmy G. He's just done a great job this year, and I hope he stays in San Francisco. I think it's a very nice fit for him. Excuse me. And I think that... Um, I think he I think he'll do well in San Francisco if, if, uh, if him and Kyle Shanahan stay teamed up. Uh, another one that I want to talk about was Richard Sherman. I kind of talked about him a little bit ago, but Richard Sherman, just like Earl Thomas, you know, the Legion of Boom alumni, you know, they're just, they're not counting them out. Nobody's counting, or everybody's counting them out, but he, 
he's not counting himself out. And, you know, you hear him talk about it. He's like, you know, I've been the best for eight years, and he's not wrong. His stats are so good. Pretty sure he's led, led the league in post-season uh, interceptions in his career or something crazy like that. He's just, he's so productive. And, you know, for how vocal he is and how loud he is when he talks, he's just, he's productive. He gets the job done. And he, he can win. You know, you see it here. You know, the Niners are extremely good this year. They're very well oiled. But Richard Sherman is a very, a very key uh, gear in that in that machine. And he's just done a great job at leading them. And they have a lot of young players on that defense. And I'm sure he's doing a great job at... Uh, at leading them and really showing them the ropes. And, you know, Richard Sherman, he's always been a favorite player of mine. I'm, I'm a defense guy, so I was in the Seahawks bandwagon. I was still a Cowboys fan, but I, I did like to watch the uh, the Legion of Boom play just because you never knew what was going to happen. I remember oh, I remember when they played the, the Patriots um, in Seattle and Richard Sherman picked off Brady, and that meme was, uh, you mad, bro? I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. You know, the Legion of Boom was always so so entertaining. Uh, like when Cam Chancellor, you know, I don't know why, but this is all just going back to the Patriots, you know. You know, I, I don't like the Patriots, but I don't hate them this much. I don't want you guys to get the wrong impression. But, um, you know, they, they just seem to have a lot of highlights against the Patriots. But when um, when Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor uh, teamed up and just absolutely demolished Gronkowski, you know, I just love that those kind of things when, you know, it's just so perfectly timed when they hit somebody. But, uh yeah, that's that's not what we're talking about here. I just get off on a tangent when I uh, when I start talking about the Legion of Boom and other things like that. But Richard Sherman again, he's a great player. I think he has had a great comeback season. Um, you know, in his it, it's 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 almost redundant because he says, you know, I've been here for eight years. I've been the best for eight years. But you know, the past couple of years he's been quiet. He's still been very productive, but he's been quiet. And he's just had a great season this year. And I really just I really like Richard Sherman's story this year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is my number one comeback player of the year, and I think it's great because he didn't start, and then I think there were two and four when he started, and then they went to seven and th- they went on a seven and three run. I'm pretty sure, and uh, led by him. And this my favorite when the Chiefs were playing the Titans in the AFC Championship. I was so excited to see that because when the Titans went to the Chiefs, I believe. Um, they went down there and in a Ryan Tannehill led, um, oh no, so the Chiefs were at the Titans that day, but still, either way, you know, it was the Chiefs, but, um, in a Ryan Tannehill led just crusade, they, they just stunned the Chiefs that game, they stunned them, I love it, you know, they won by three, but, you know, they wouldn't have won that game if it wasn't for Tannehill, he just, he did so well. And I just, I loved it so much because, you know, it, you just watch him go. And, you know, he was 13 for 19 in that game, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Not a ton of pass attempts or passing yards, but, oh, my God, he just did great. He uh, he ran three times for 37 yards. It was just, he, he did all of it. And I remember his, his longest run of that game was 18 yards. And that 18-yard run, I'm pretty sure, set them up to win the game in that field goal. I'm pretty sure it was. Or no, no, no. It was the touchdown that tied the game, and then they won in the field goal when he got them down the field again later. But, um, you know, I just loved that story, um, especially when it came back around. And Tannehill's just had a great season, you know, not being the starter and then getting named the starter after being, I thought, was a big bust in Miami. He uh, he definitely came back and uh, and showed that he still got it. 
Uh, our next topic is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I don't even know if this is if this is a uh, a question, but it, it's got to be Nick Bosa. I mean, the guy's just turned into an to an all star all-star defensive end he's just done so well this year he's been so dominant his presence on the field is just something that you can't really like emulate the the bosa genes run deep you know what i mean uh, he's just he's done so well he's been very dominant especially for a rookie you know and i think he's the i think he might be the second coming of jj watt really just that dominant present on the field he's um i don't know he's just done so well and i love to i love to see it i really do um, but you know, I'm not going to have a ton on the defensive rookies of the year or the offensive rookies just cause I think, I think they're pretty, you know, cut and cut and dry, except we might get deeper into the offensive rookies of the year, but, uh, cause I, there, there are some other options for the offensive rookie of the year, but when it comes to defensive rookie, it's, it's Nick Bosa. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no competition really. It's just, it's Nick Bosa. So the, uh, the offensive rookie of the year, uh, I, I'm going to go with, with Josh Jacobs. He the guy. He's the first. Uh, I think he's the first rookie to rush for a thousand yards in Raiders history. He might even beat. No, he's not the first player. There's no way he's the first player in Raiders history. But he, uh, he's the first rookie. He just did so well this year. You know, for a rookie, you don't really see that kind of production out of uh, out of rookie players very often. You know, and he he just did so well, and he hit like he ran, but he he didn't run angry. But he'd hit you like it. Like I said, it wasn't angry running, but he'd hit you if he needed to, and he hit you hard. Um, I think maybe I'd I'd put probably Mile. No, no, I'd put Kyler Murray after that. I don't know. There's just there's so many good uh, rookies this year. The NFL is in really good hands going forward. You know, you got Josh Jacobs on this list. You got Kyler Murray, AJ Brown from the Titans. Uh, Miles Sanders, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. I mean, those are all just insane names. They really are. They they're all they're all just really really good productive players. And it's sad because you can you can see definitely when a player comes in, you know, it, they they got all the hype, but you never know if they're gonna live up to it. And these players really have. I think uh, AJ Brown is just he. AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. They uh, if they keep it up, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be the next Julio Jones, but like singular there's gonna be three in the league <laughs> um now that might be a bit extreme i don't know if he can replicate julio that much but you know they're just big dominant guys they're just they're huge they can go up and get the uh, get the ball they're fast it's just it's crazy same thing with debo samuel debo's not as big but debo's very productive he's a huge part of the niners offense miles sanders really came into it um at the end of the season uh, when he took when he took the reins at running back, and he just became one of the most diverse players in the NFL. And Kyler Murray, you know, the number one pick. You know, it wasn't pretty this year in Arizona, but it was it was better. It was definitely better. And um, yeah, I think that he really lacks the height, but I think he just makes up for it in the playmaking. But uh, just so we just so we're clear, I would definitely put Josh Jacobs at my uh, offensive rookie of the year. And next, this is this is my favorite because it's there's so many, 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 many players to put up here. Uh, I think there's a clear answer, but you know there's there's definitely some other cases to be made, and we're talking about the defensive player of the year. Uh, at number one uh, on this list, but um, I, and I think who is the the defensive player of the year, but there are definitely some other big names on here that really had an impact on their teams this season was uh, Stephon Gilmore. 
I think he he really is the the defensive player of the year. I think he just he was so productive and so shut down this year that you know you can't really emulate that you know. And uh, there was a, there was a quote that I saw a long time ago. I can't remember who it was, but he said the uh, the best compliment that you can give a corner is that uh, he doesn't have a highlight reel because they don't throw the ball to him because he'll he'll just either disrupt it or intercept it. And I think that that is Stefan Gilmore, you know. He ha- definitely has some highlights this year, obviously, from uh, from the interceptions he's had, like the one he had on uh, Amari Cooper when he just dove right in front of Amari. Like, no way, like full Superman and caught it, you know. But Stefan Gilmore's just done a great great uh just 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 a great job this year I really I don't know if there's anybody else on this list right now that um was just so shut down and so good at their job uh besides Stefan Gilmore on this list TJ Watt um is also on here he he really came into it this year um he was very good last year he's very productive but you know the whole Steelers defense was just shut down this year they weren't quite the steel curtain but, you know, they, they did very well this year. And uh, the Steelers' mantra, they just usually have a very, very solid defense. And I think T.J. Watt was a, a big leader on there, especially with uh, Micah Fitzpatrick. But T.J. Watt is really good. Um, he's a second place on this list. But, you know, you can put these guys anywhere other than first place. Uh, Nick Bosa, like I said before, he, he did an amazing job this year. He, his presence on the field was uh, ecstatic. And just he he definitely led the rookie race. You know, there's no way he didn't. And you know, there's just so many big names on this list. There really are. You know, you got Aaron Donald, Chandler Jones, who Chandler Jones almost broke the single season sack record this year. If that tells you anything about how his season went, uh, Tre'Davious White. You know, he was one of the good, the really good corners this year, along with Stephon Gilmore. I'd probably put them. Um, if I had you had them on the same team, you'd have pretty good corners. You got Richard Sherman and stuff in there, but you know they were the two kind of young guys for me this year that that really did it well. Well, they're not so much young, but you know what I mean. You know they were good. <laughs> um, Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, he just did a great job this season, especially get, after getting out of Miami. You know I feel like ev- there were two players that really got out of Miami this year and did well. Um, one of them did better than the other, but Micah Fitzpatrick and um, Kyan Drake. You know, Drake had that great game against the Niners where they ultimately lost, but, you know, they, they he just had a great season. Or not a great season, but he, he had a productive season, especially when he got out of Miami. Um, and Mike, Micah Fitzpatrick definitely had a really good season this, uh, this year as well, especially, like I said, just getting out of Miami, I think, did a great thing for him. And uh, Marlon Humphrey, you know, when you need a guy to shut down somebody on your team but also do everything else on defense, Marlon Humphrey's your guy. Um, you know, when the when the uh, Ravens play the Patriots, you know, when, whenever you play the Pats, you got to take out Julian Edelman. He's their guy. You know, he's he's their Julio Jones, you know. He's just, you got to take him out. You know, he's their go-to guy, and you got to take him out. And they sicked Marlon Humphrey on him. He was on Julian Edelman all game. And he ended up causing a fumble, which turned into a touchdown. You know, they, they just, he was just so good. He was so productive this year. And uh, you got Zadarius Smith on the Green Bay Packers, who the, the Smiths, uh, not twins, but the Smith guys were definitely um, big, big reasons as the, the Packers' success this year. But like I said, it's got to be Stephon Gilmore, number one. How many picks did he have this season? Let's see. 
So he had six interceptions, which isn't doesn't sound like a ton, but for a defensive player, it's very productive. A uh, and just Stephon Gilmore, he's just he was great. He's very shut down. Our uh, our next category <laughs> is going or our next honors is going to be uh, the offensive player of the year and like like the defensive player of the year. There's just so many. There's so many players that could win this. I think there's one that's been the most productive, and I'll get to him after everybody else. But you know, there was just there's so many names on here that could that could take this title. Um, we'll start with number two, and then just work our way down. Christian McCaffrey. You know, everybody knew who Christian McCaffrey was. Um, I think I think the downfall of Christian McCaffrey for winning this award, and I think everybody else on this list that I don't think should win this award was um, how often they produced. Um, I think there's maybe one or two other guys on here that produced as much as um, the winner, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, for a good probably five or six games was just the running back, it, almost the player, you know, because he's receiving. He's in the 1,000-1,000 the club um, this, uh, now, but he did a great job, and I don't know, just Christian McCaffrey, after a while, you know, he just kind of stopped getting, putting the crazy numbers up um, that he, he was doing I think everybody I don't that everybody expected him to do but uh, number three is uh, Derrick Henry you know uh, for obvious reasons I mean Derrick Henry had an amazing playoff run an amazing end of the season run he uh, he won the rushing title um, and you know you can't really take uh, that that title from somebody and then not put them on this list he just he had a great season and I think um, especially after this everybody really took Derrick Henry seriously because he had a couple good runs um, before but nobody really kind of you know looked at him and was like oh wow you know that guy's really good because you know coming out of Alabama he was the like running back he was like holy cow this guy's like 6'3 220 and a running back like that's not a running back that's a linebacker maybe (laughs) and um he's just he did so well this year and I was very I was very happy to see him do do as well because I've always really liked Derrick Henry but I was afraid that he was going to be a flop um, but you know he had the two runs in Jacksonville these past couple of years, but this year he really turned it on and just he took the crown and put it on his head. And yeah, I don't think he can really make this list without putting that up there. Um, George Kittle is next on this list. He's tied for third with uh with Derrick Henry, and you know George Kittle's another one of those players. You know he just he's always putting up his numbers. You know I think at one one point in the season Austin Hooper for the Falcons was the uh the leading tight end but George Kittle has just always been that guy especially last season for the Niners when they didn't have a ton of stars they weren't winning very many games I think yeah they only won two so they didn't win many at all but with Jimmy G going down you know they really needed that offensive weapon and he really stepped into it and he's just become the the personality for the team he sees uh he's always smiling he's always having fun and uh he's just he's had a great season and he's just been super productive you know you can't really take it away from him he's just He's just a great tight end, you know. That's that's the issue with these uh, with these lists is that it can be so dry because it's like, oh well, you know, this is this guy's just done great. But you really, there's what is there to say, you know? <laughs> these guys, they've all just done so well. Um, Aaron Jones next. I think I'd put him really high up on this list. This guy is a touchdown machine. How many touchdowns do he have this year? And I I hated watching Aaron Jones play because he. He was uh, he beat the the Cowboys so many times, <laughs> or not so many times, but he, he had four touchdowns against the Cowboys in the game that they played against each other. Let's see, uh, Aaron Jones touchdowns, twenty nineteen. 
he's just, oh my god, I hate it, he did so well, um, let's see, a thousand, no, no, not a thousand yards, plus 20 touchdowns, he had 20 touchdowns, oh my god, I didn't even know this, I'm guessing 20, that's what it says on here, for, uh, for how many touchdowns he had, but he just, he had so many touchdowns, it's, it's stupid, I hate it, he, uh, he really just tore apart the Cowboys in that game, but he's just a, such an offensive weapon. He really is. And uh, it pains me to put him on this list for what he did, but he is uh, he was very productive this year, and he really took the uh, – because the Packers, uh, ever since 80, Eddie Lacy, he, nope, they had just so many other running backs. You know, They just had fillers, but he really took the, the mantle this year and just made it his. Uh, next would be Delvin Cook and Nick Chubb. These guys were both just super productive. And, you know, Nick Chubb led the leading, the the rushing uh, stat for so long, the rushing race <laughs> for so long. Uh, and Delvin Cook was he, you know, he was hurt for a while, but the guy, it was it was like he wasn't even phased. Um, he just he did. They both did so much for their teams. They produced very much, uh, even when like for Delvin Cook. When Kirk Cousins wasn't doing well, he'd pick up the load, you know, because, you know, if your quarterback's not doing well, who are you looking to next on offense? You look for your running back, and Dalvin Cook was there to answer the call. Same thing with Nick Chubb, you know, the the, the Browns had a very, very, very disappointing season because um, I think everybody really expected them to, like, be the top of the AFC and just, just blow up, and uh, they didn't do that, but Nick Chubb really stepped into his own this year and solidified himself as the running back in Cleveland. Um, and Austin Eckler and Travis Kelsey are um, uh, a couple other players on here. You know, they're both – Austin Eckler was he, – he's the, the counterpart to Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's your hammer. Austin Eckler is everything else. <laughs> he's just – he did so much for the Chargers this season, and I think they're, they're very lucky to have a player like him. And uh, Travis Kelsey was the uh, – he's just always producing. You know, he's been with the Chiefs seven years, and he's always just been there. He's always been producing, and he's just – he's that guy. You know, for their team, he is their their tight end, no question about it. Uh, to get into our winner, I think for offensive player of the year, you know, if it isn't Michael Thomas, then it's it's nobody. You know, he uh, he's just he was so dominant in wide wide receiver this year, and he didn't have any drops. I mean, you can't really take that and not like that's such a such a difficult task for a player to do, and then not to win offensive player of the year. You know, it, this is non quarterbacks as well. I should probably put that out there a long time ago, but this is non-quarterbacks. Um, you know, Michael Thomas had nine touchdowns this year. He had 1,700 yards, 149 receptions. You know, he broke the single-season reception record. You know, he just did so much this season for the Saints. He did so well. He he didn't have a drop all season. You know, it's just it's crazy. It, it's my brother loved it. My brother's a Saints fan, and he loved every second of it. You know, he was like, you need somebody you throw to Michael Thomas. <laughs> but um, you really do. I mean, he just he did so much this year. He did great. He was always he was always in the double digits, really. There was very few games where he wasn't in the double digits for catches and targets. And uh, he still was right there with it, you know. I just I can't get over it. This guy did so much this season for the Saints. And for them to go down the way they did, it was very – very heartbreaking to watch, but um, now we're going into the quarterbacks um, because we're talking about the MVP. Uh, <laughs> because I don't know, I just feel like I feel like a quarterback should be exempt from the from the offensive player of the year because you know it's it's you, you, your offense doesn't 
run without your quarterback most of the time. You know, you can get some players to do that to to get it to run, but you know, you need like a Barry Sanders to do that. And you know, that's just the NFL is just so different nowadays. You really need a quarterback to to have uh, to have a successful offense. It's just the nature of football. But uh, we'll just go. We'll go with our top five here. Um, there is right at the start. I think it's everybody's MVP, or at least like midseason MVP. I don't know about now, but I probably, he'll probably end up winning it anyway. Was Lamar Jackson? You know, if there isn't a most improved, actually, no, no, Lamar Jackson doesn't get most improved because he he barely even played last year. You know, but uh, Lamar Jackson, he was just so dominant this year. He's the second coming of Michael Vick. You know, he passed Michael Vick's uh, single season rushing record. He led the league, I think, in total touchdowns. Yeah. And you know he his his arm wasn't that he was it wasn't bad this year it, it improved significantly uh, it didn't show in the Pro Bowl but uh, in the Pro Bowl uh, uh, what are they called the passing uh, accuracy test or whatever but you know he he just did so much for the Ravens this, this year and he he was what made them so dynamic I think they would have done well uh, anyway but uh, I think he he was really the main factor uh, number two Russell Wilson. You know, this guy, he took, like I said with Pete Carroll, you know, he was their, their real leader this year. He took their injured roster and just made it his own and led it to uh, the the playoffs, to uh, the divisional round of the playoffs. He just did so much for them. He just really did. It was just so good. I, I love Russell Wilson. I think, and there's, I don't know how many players out there cannot like Russell Wilson unless, you know, like you're a Seahawks rival. And I think, especially with their roster, in the toughest division in football, which it was, it was the probably yeah, it was the toughest. Okay, I'm saying it right now. It was the toughest division in football. Uh, they still made the playoffs and they were still so productive, and I love it. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes is gonna be our number three. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he just took the Chiefs and ran with it. He just ran with it. He he just like he did last year. He's just done so much. He he is their leader. He's he's only been a starter for two years. And he's just taken the quarterback uh, position at Kansas City, and it's his. It is Patrick Mahomes. And I think if this guy keeps it up, he's going to be one of the greats. Just the way that he plays, the way that he can just fire off of his back foot and just go and, you know, just not even think twice about it. You know, Patrick Mahomes, there's not many players like him. You know, that clip of him last year against the Niners where on the run, I think it was his backhand or off his back foot, slings a ball, you know, so fast. I can't even remember what the clock time was on that ball into the back corner of the end zone. You know, not many people can do that. It's just, it's crazy. It really is. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas is on here. Carson Wentz is on here, which I don't really understand because Carson Wentz didn't have that great of a season. You know, they, they went to the playoffs, but if you really look at the season, like they made the playoffs, but like I said before, the division was terrible. It was awful. Deshaun Watson's on here. Deshaun Watson was, you know, he is the Texans. You know, you've got DeAndre Hopkins on there, but, you know, he he is the escape artist. He's just, he's done, he's amazing. And I really hope he does well because things, it really makes me sad with Deshaun Watson is that, you know, he's either on or he's off. But when he's on, you know, he's an all-star talent. But when he's off, it, it isn't the same story. Um... Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for our MVP, and that's actually going to wrap it up for this podcast episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I've, uh, I've had a great time doing this. I hope that, you know, I keep doing this. I hope that, you know, this grows and we just have a great time with it because uh, it's just, 
it's just going to be a hobby, but I also love to talk about sports. Like I said before, I'm much more well-versed in football than I am anything else, but I'm trying to get more well-versed into a, to basketball and hockey and all that good stuff because I want to give you guys uh, as much content as I can, you know, baseball, all that. I love it all, but the NFL is what I'm most, like, into and um, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about our Super Bowl predictions, what I think is going to happen in the Super Bowl, who's going to win. And um, I'll also be covering the NFC and AFC championships. That episode will be coming out very soon. I'm going to try and make the schedule um, weekend episodes. I'm going to try and get one episode up on Saturday and then one episode up on Sunday, uh, whether they're pre-recorded or not. But that's just the, the schedule, just in case anybody out there wants to know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Boom Team Podcast, Episode 1. I loved saying that. It's just, it's, I'm so excited for this. And uh, thanks for listening. See you later.